0: Please stand with me as a way of honoring the gospel. Our reading today is from the book of John, chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Jesus clears the temple courts. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show for us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Please be seated. Thank you, youth, for singing that great piece called Thrive. Wow. That's, that's the message for all of us. Well done. And I'm very glad that you set up the chairs. It was nice to see you sitting up here. I'm going to take full advantage of that. You know, I, I've, I read that um, in, in biblical times when Jesus would sit, that would mean when any rabbi or teacher would sit, that meant the teacher was about to teach. Um, it's kind of countercultural to us now. Usually, when teachers are teaching, they're standing up. But in biblical times, they were sitting down. When they would sit, everybody would say, Okay, time for, time for, for class, time for some wisdom, time for learning about what it is, in this case, to be a disciple. Um, and Jesus sometimes sat when he taught. The Sermon on the Mount. He sat down and gave one of the essential sermons of our Christian faith. But there were some times that Jesus taught when he was standing up. Sometimes he taught by example of um, his, his physicality and what he did with his body, what he did with his presence, what he did with his thoughts, with his wisdom, and with his call from God. And the passage that Rob read today was one of those moments where he was in full prophetic mode. A prophet is one who sees things from God's perspective and speaks from God's perspective. A prophet is one who always wants to include more people and say to the people of faith, your tribe is not big enough. God's love is bigger than what you think. And God's love is more inclusive than what you think. And God's prophets for thousands of years have questioned the status quo, have in some ways, comforted the afflicted and afflicted the comfortable. And Jesus, in this passage, is doing just that. And it's not the Jesus that you probably learned about in Sunday school. Maybe you did. But the gentle Jesus, meek and mild, that we often think of, is not this Jesus. This Jesus does something in the temple that basically starts the clock ticking on his own death and crucifixion. He goes into the temple, which is in some ways the central bank of Jesus' day. This was the hub of all financial power And there was a lot of money being made there. The people who were in charge of the temple believed that Roman currency wasn't allowed there because it had an image on the coin. It had Caesar's image, and that was impure and unacceptable. And so they said anybody trading for any merchandise in the temple had to exchange their money. It was like going across a border. You know, when you go across the border and you... Or you get to the airport and you have to exchange your money into the currency of the day. Well, To get into the temple, you have to exchange your currency for temple currency. And the temple would get a cut. They would get some of that money, that exchange fee. And then people of faith would purchase animals that would be sacrificed. As a way of showing their love and devotion to God, and as a hope of buying God's approval of them. And if they had done great sins, they would have to buy a bigger animal to purchase God's acceptance, purchase God's forgiveness, purchase God's mercy. And with all the animals that ended up in the temple from birds, pigeons, doves, goats, oxen. Can you imagine the sound of all those animals in the temple? Can you imagine the smell that was going on in that temple with all those animals in there? Maybe maybe that was holy crap. Should I sit down? <laughs> that, that wasn't in my notes, but I heard that this, this morning. I thought, yeah, there, there's some holy crap that's going on in the temple. So Jesus arms himself with a whip, turns over the money changers' tables, coins flying, people getting angry. He starts clearing the temple of the animals, which is a significant theological statement by the gospel writer of John. We'll get to that. What Jesus is saying is to to the people there stop this game of meritocracy. Stop this foolishness of thinking you can buy God's love. You can't. God loves you. Stop thinking you can actually sacrifice an animal and earn forgiveness for the sins you've committed. It's as if Jesus is saying, How many animals will it take? Two goats, is that enough? Two goats and a lamb? How about throwing an oxen? Is that, is that enough? God's love is not to be questioned. God's mercy is endless. God's desire to forgive is a statement of fact. And it can't be earned by how many animals we slaughter or how much money we pay to the temple. God loves and forgives. Jesus is saying, stop the meritocracy game. It doesn't describe who God is or what we're about. The other thing that Jesus was critiquing and prophesying about that scheme, that set up, that dynamic, was that everyone is welcome in God's temple. Isaiah the prophet said, God's house shall be a house of prayer for all people. For all people. Not just those who can afford to purchase an animal sacrifice. God's temple is meant to be accessible for everyone. And Jesus is saying to the people who are the gatekeepers, you're done. No longer are we going to have this place accessible just for those who can afford to purchase an animal. Jesus, at every opportunity, when he is confronted with purity codes that say who's in and who's out, Jesus either ignores the purity code or he speaks against it because he knows that God's love is for all people, full stop. And the practices of the temple were hindering that access. And Jesus wanted God to be accessible to all people. And you can see that in everything he taught, in everything he resisted, in everything he spoke for. You can see Jesus is always wanting to widen the circle to include more people. When Jesus throws the animals out, When Jesus throws the money changers out, there's only one left. And that is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. the Gospel writer of John is writing to the early church and to us saying your offerings, your gifts are good and fine but ultimately what we all need is the gift of the Lamb of God, Jesus, the Christ who takes away the sins of the world. And consistent with Jesus trying to teach us who God really is. And who we really are. The sacrifice is not to change God's mind about us. The sacrifice. Is to change our minds. About God. The sacrifice of the Lamb of God is not to change God's mind about us. It is to change our mind about God. This is the one we follow to the cross, to the grave, and to the resurrection. Amen.